Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Hello to Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3CR.org.au. Her Right Royal Highness. The Empress Dale Bridge, the Dowager, is with us. How are they? <laughs> I'm okay, Joe. How are you? You're looking actually really well, oh, Dowager. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. I'm amazed. Every, I wonder every week what condition is that? <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep you guessing. Oh, I know. You have. You have. I'm, sometimes I'm mixed. Uh, let's not talk about it. Guess what I discovered? Guess what I discovered, What have Dale? you discovered, Joseph? You've been doing this for five years because this has been Radical Australia for about five years. Really? Gee, yeah. that's flying. You know what I discovered? What? We have podcasts. Yeah, I know. I know, you do, because you put them up. <laughs> that's right. You only just found them. I just found them because I asked Andy. I said, because I usually get a podcast list for the anarchist world this week, and I said, give us Radical Australia. There's tons of people that listen to this program. I'm amazed. It is pretty amazing. It is well, amazing. Well, I think, you know, especially um, once you've been on and you tell your family and friends and everyone wants to have a listen if they've mm. missed the show, it's great to have it available to go back to. Yeah. yeah it's nice. I, I'm glad people are listening because I think everyone we have on is worth listening to. Well, Dale, all I can say is I thank you for all your technical expertise. Without you, we would be nothing. Oh, I find that rather difficult to believe, but I'll take it. Well, you should. <laughs> now, we do have a great guest today, and she's got notes. Um, we have Adele O'Connor as our guest. And Adele, could you turn the notes over, please? Well, just in point form. No, so no, no, turn over the notes. Sorry, okay, or, we, okay. or, we, or, or we terminate the interview. Okay, this, is, this is a spontaneous interaction between you and me, and Dale comes in if I go a bit overboard, okay. all right? Okay. It's very simple. We only ask two questions. You've got 55 minutes to answer them. Do you play a musical instrument? I did once try when I was about so you've got no 14. Yeah. You've got no instruments? I'm just trying to check on something. You've got no instruments with you? No. Do you sing? Pretty badly, but... Well, good. <laughs> I like singing, but... Do you? Well, we, we may, we may, we may get you to sing later on. If no, I don't think that's going to happen somehow. <laughs> well, look, the first question is not because I'm prying. Mm-hmm. It's just to orientate our listeners, because you know, there's okay. decades, you know? There's like that's baby right. boomers, post-baby boomers. That's true. So what year were you born in? 1970. You're a child. That's correct. <laughs> You're a child. <laughs> a wee man. A wee man. 1970 yes. you were born. Yes. 70. Yes. 
1970. I can't believe it. I, I feel so old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you don't look yeah. like you were born in 1970, but that doesn't matter. They can't see you, so it doesn't matter. That's true. I mean, if we were really sophisticated, we'd have cameras in here, but we don't. Thank God for that. <laughs> then, then, well, then it wouldn't be radio, Joe. That's true. No, and you, excuse me, we don't thank God for that. We thank the fact that we run on the smell of an oily rag and we don't have the money. Yes. Okay. And the second question, you've got... 44, 45, uh, 54, 55 minutes to answer is, what's the first thing you remember? The first thing I remember is being at home with my mother and father mm-hmm. whilst my four siblings went off fruit picking. Were well, so, you the youngest, obviously? Yes, I'm the youngest of five. So they would come back and I would always be able to smell the tomatoes from their body because they'd be out mm. fruit picking. And I always wondered why they left the house and I was left alone with my parents <laughs> because <laughs> in my little child's mind I really wanted to join them and I couldn't uh, understand uh, why that was the case. It was uh, a little bit confusing. So yeah, You realise, Dale, we're going to have a very sophisticated interview with, with Adele. And why is that, Joe? Well, she correctly claimed that tomato is a fruit. She said they went fruit picking and they, they came did. back That's smelling right. of tomato. That's correct. I'm impressed. Yes. We don't normally have many intellectuals okay. on this program. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine as we go on. She knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. <laughs> right. So th- how do you feel about tomatoes these days? I love them, yeah. You do? So yeah. it was positive association. Oh, it was, definitely. Yeah. So, so, so what's the age difference between you and the second youngest? Uh, two years. We're all two years apart, so... So they must be very small when they sent them out in the fields to earn their living. Uh, well, I, I would have been roughly four, I think, at the time. So your six-year-old, yeah. what, brother or sister was out there picking tomatoes? Brother, yeah, and the eight-year-old. Uh, but the brother. parents stayed at home? Yes. I like that. Child labour. No, I think it was their own free will to go out. This, particularly my sister, she she wanted to get a bit of pocket money for herself. So oh, this is one way to do it. And yeah. Um, where did you live? At that time, mm. uh, I think it was in a small country rural town called Elmore. Mm. I think at the time. I've heard of Elmore. It's very small and not many houses and small population, and I think it's still relatively the same today. Mm. Yeah. hasn't taken off since your family left? No, I don't think so. No, we did go back a few years back, maybe six years, and caught up with a, 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 one of the neighbours. She was still living there, and yeah. she still had a horse, which was amazing. Right, yeah. right. Wow. She had a horse. She still had the same horse. The same horse? <laughs> the same horse. I couldn't believe it. Right. Yeah. Now, is your mother still alive? She is. Yeah. Now, she's on... I actually know a little bit about you, Adele, because I've actually met your mother. And you have. She's yeah. an extraordinary woman, isn't she? She is remarkable. She's remarkable. Yeah. And uh, she's, uh, where they live, where she's living now? Don't give us the exact address, just in case we've got Down stalkers. Foster. Foster, yeah. right, right. And she's retired? Uh, you could say that, but mm-hmm. she's always doing something naturally, always mm. keeping herself occupied. Mm. And what type of work did she do? Uh, she, well... Being a mother, that mm-hmm. was a full-time occupation. With five of you, yeah, yeah, so she spent a lot of time in the house mm-hmm. looking after us and making sure there was a meal on the table every night and mm-hmm. that we had breakfast and went after school successfully, etc. Well, it wasn't an issue, getting food on the table. Well, put it this way, we didn't have a lot of money when we were growing up mm-hmm. um, because, well, for one, my mother didn't have... A, job until later on in our lives Mm -hmm. um, because she was totally devoted to us Mm -hmm. and my father he sort of had 
jobs here and there. It wasn't very consistent. Right. So what is it? What an agricultural labourer basically was he? Or? Uh, he did start off as a labourer when he came out from Ireland initially, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. building houses mm-hmm. down in Altona. And then he tried his hand at uh, making his own harness for horse racing. So he tried to break into the horse racing industry with the trotting industry, mm-hmm. which at that time, again, for the rural parts of, of Victoria, was very limited and mm-hmm. difficult and a bit cutthroat. But mm-hmm. he went off that whole idea of pursuing that because he just came to the conclusion that there was a lot of cheating going on. And I'm not quite sure whether they were using stuff on the horses back then. Oh, they would have been, yeah. yeah for sure. So he just mm. was disgusted in all of mm. that. But he mm. really did love horses. He was a genuine horse lover and that's yeah. where his passion lay. Well, I've had a patient who's now dead mm. and uh, <laughs> he was shot, but not by oh. me. That was before he became my patient. That's Point why he being, came. Joe? Well, the point being, very <laughs> simple, was that his job, you'll like this, <laughs> was to dope Horses and dogs. Oh. He was a professional doper. Oh, that's no good. And I think a bit went wrong at one stage, and he was shot in the back oh, and became God. a paraplegic. Oh, no. So that's the point. Mm. So your yeah. father's quite right. It was a yeah. very tough, yeah. nasty little business, especially outside the major, mm. the major centres. And he was trying to become successful in that industry mm. in the 1970s, late mm. 1970s. Mm. Mm. And he managed, I think, to get to Mooney Valley for one of the more prestigious races. Division but 1 races, yeah. Well, he wasn't successful at wasn't successful. getting a winner across mm. the line, so I think that so was it after that. So did your mum come from Ireland too? She did, yeah. So what part of Ireland did they come from? Uh, both from Tipperary. Tipperary. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have one well, for that. Well, <laughs> you realise Dale is also yeah. a genius? Of course, I can tell. Because, because, it's, because that song, it's a long way from Tipperary, Tipperary World yeah. War I song. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It is the 100th anniversary of the Battle of Passchendaele, right. where over 38,000 Australian men were killed or maimed yes. or missing in action yes. over an eight-week period. So, mm-hmm. so she's, she's both of you, you're, just, you're channeling, you're channeling. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have the microphone on, so what, I, what happened, <laughs> folks, when, uh, <laughs> when Tipperary was mentioned, I just... Mentioned that it was a long way. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. You've got to pick it up. You've got to pick it up. So, is your dad still with us? No, he passed. He died in yeah. 1997. Well, you're well trained, aren't you? Yes. You know, you know the people, I can't stand people pass who pass away. away. <laughs> I want, where the heck are they going to? You know, they've died. Yeah, he, they may have gone died, somewhere after, but you died first. Yeah. 1997. Was it expected or sudden? or? I... I uh, got bowel cancer, mm. so it wasn't a very nice ending to his life. No, and he died at home, or? Uh, he was in the hospital just prior to dying, but eventually they wheeled him out in a wheelchair from the hospital, and he did manage to, to mm. die at home. Mm. So he would have been 27 then when that happened? Ah, uh, yes. Mm. And how about your brothers and sisters? Are they all still alive? Or? Uh, well, my brother, my, the eldest in the family, he, he died as well mm. in... Um, 2010 from cancer of the liver right. and again that wasn't a very nice experience to witness because I was with him for the last two weeks of his life and what was that like you said it wasn't pleasant <laughs> were you nursing him or well at that time we were my mother and brother were renting a house in Rosebud mm. and they were living together and I stayed with them for that the last two weeks of his life and I just saw him day by day 
deteriorate into nothing and lose weight and mm. go through all the emotions and staying up and it was very traumatic to witness and he finally ended up at the hospice um, and within three days he, he was dead. Yeah. Mm. I don't think people realise how hard it is to die for a lot of people, especially yes, when you're younger. that's right. Because, you know, you may be riddled with cancer but the... Um, your heart's still strong and mm. things are going. And it is, yeah. it is, it is a, as you said, it is, it is a harrowing experience that always stays with you. And I was there when he actually died, died. took his last breath. So. Mm. Mm. Now, where did you go to primary school? Oh, I went to two primary schools. The first one was Maribara Primary School. Here, so Maribara in Victoria or yeah, Queensland, Victoria, right? Victoria. Um, well, you never know. So I started prep and... Mm. I then we moved to Melbourne mm-hmm. in 1979, and then I went to the Collingwood Education Centre. Round the corner? Yes. What was that like? Oh, it was a big change and transformation from Maribyrnong Primary School. Um, I didn't like it because the first day I arrived at the school, I was just left in a big room on my own for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. I thought, what is this going to be it? Am I just going to be <laughs> <laughs> left alone? And it was horrible. Uh-huh. And it was just, it was like moving to another country because it was very different in terms of the breakup of, of um, people, uh, students from the ethnic backgrounds because in Maribyrnong it was predominantly Anglo-Saxon children mm-hmm. and then coming down to Collingwood it was all different nationalities and rough and uh, an open learning uh, school at the time which means we weren't in separate classrooms. It was an open huge room where you know there was four or five classes going on simultaneously and as a result of that I was just looking at the other classes most of the way through the <laughs> you know the classes yeah. we had and not mm. focusing at all mm. and as a result I sort of started to fall behind with the that sort of, the study at the primary school level at primary school level yeah mm. could you read by the time you left primary school well I was fortunate because my elder sister she taught me a lot before I started even going to prep at the mm. Maribyrnong. So I actually was put up a grade when I was at Maribyrnong Primary. And for some reason I thought that they had put me down a grade because nobody actually t- explained, oh, you've been put up a grade because you're, there was about five of us and I thought, oh, I've been put down because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not good enough. bright enough. You know, yeah. That's what I thought, Ooh. which was silly. Well, it is. That's but a horrible thing. thanks to my sister, she yeah. did. Teach me a lot and but maths. Did, but did, you, but did you actually tell you that you would put up a grade? I'm not even sure when I <laughs> discovered that was the case. I, I think it was only recently. <laughs> it was a very oh, strange thing. thing. Yeah, because yeah, so. you, you, you wouldn't have been a big, rough and tough little person, would you, at school? Do you yeah, mean yeah. physically? Physically, oh, no, you I was. I was a tomboy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was very rough and tumble. Why was that? Because because of your country upbringing or country upbringing, and also we were outdoors a lot of the time, um, engaging in sport and just in in Maribyrnong in particular. And I would play football with my two brothers and spend a lot of time with them. And I got very physical, and that was probably no. I was very athletic as mm. a result of that. Well, no wonder they put you in that room. <laughs> they didn't know that though. Well, no, they would just arrived. You would have come in, you know, muscles on your muscles, and a ten-year-old, and they'd go, "Whoa!" Well, the thing was, the the students at the Collingwood um, Education Centre were were very aggressive. Mm. I found, and there were a lot of fights going on. And I think I had a fight with a, one of the students, and 
Then I had another one on my back for months, and I, I sorted her out one day when I met her at the flats. <laughs> Whoa! I like that. You sorted her out. I just had enough. No, she, she had been harassing me for about six months mm, on, yeah. wanting to fight me at school. And I said, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be have yeah. an audience around to see this fight. Let's do it in private. And she wouldn't. And then, hey, Presta, there she was on her own one day. Whoa! <laughs> You've got to so do what you've got to do. If she's listening, sorry about that, Gilton. I didn't mean it. <laughs> well, she's probably sorry for bullying you in the first place. And then we became good friends after that. So yeah, that's the that's strange good. part. And then what, you bullied together, did you? <laughs> no. No. no, no that, that was the end of that, All thank right. God. Well, that's what happens usually. Bullies get together and they form a club. No. <laughs> no, I wasn't so, that. You finished your primary school? I did, yes. <laughs> good. Yeah. And where did you go to secondary college? Uh, first... Year was at Fitzroy High School. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was really good experience. And my uh, sister and two brothers, they also they were at the school. I think mm. no, my sister. I think she left when I started because mm. she's six years older than I am. So yeah, she just left, which you know I thought, oh, that's well, a bit of bad luck. The it would have been it. nice, I yeah, thought, that yeah. had we've gone to school at the same time at mm. that time. Mm. But, again, it was a lot of focus on sport. Like, with the Collingwood Education Centre, they had a, a strong curriculum in that area. It was, like, full-on with the sport aspect, trying everything, shot put and discus mm. throwing. And I remember at Fitzroy High, on the uh, the highest level of the school, I think it was four levels, they had trampolines up there, and they'd take us up right. to do trampolining. Oh. I thought that was marvellous. I <laughs> loved it. It was... <laughs> Just a sense of freedom, and they had a really good um, music yeah. uh, curriculum, and art was fantastic there as well. It was an all-rounded education, I felt. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed being there, but mm-hmm. unfortunately I only lasted for one year. What, were you expelled or something? <laughs> no, we, we moved house, so it was too far. Where'd you go? Uh, oh, I think we moved further up north to Thornbury. Oh, north Thornbury. Good. Oh, that's just the... Badlands, Formbury, Northcote in those days. So it was a days. bit difficult to get down to the school because uh. we didn't have, you know, either parent weren't driving a car at that mm. stage. So. so where'd you go to high school? The second high yeah. school, Newlands High, right near Pentridge Prison. Oh, I know Newlands. We yeah. had uh, that was somebody a fortnight ago. Oh. No, no, no. Um, the vice president, one of the co-vice presidents of FreeCR, oh, yeah. Joe... Yeah. He went to Newlands High. And oh. a, yeah. They used to... Did you have trouble getting your ball back from Pentridge when it went over the hall? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but none of the day. They didn't have any trouble no. because the guards would throw it back. Yeah, so. No, but I'd, I'd walk to and from the school every mm. day because mm. we were down in Bell Street at that time um, mm. living there. Mm. And I always just think, mm, I always wondered what was going on inside that prison on a daily basis. Mm. And I think people like Chopper Reed were there at the time, really dangerous people. Mm. Mm. But it was sort of like a wake-up to say, well, you don't want to end up in that place when you're older, <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> so yeah. was what, was, what was school like? Well, that, again, was a bit of a transformation from going from Fitzroy High mm. to, to there because, again, it was a lot of... Multicultural mm. students. It was well, predominantly. Been, he could have been at school when you were there. When you started off, he could have been in year twelve. Because yeah, he said bullying was a big issue at the school. Yeah, it was rough. Rough. It was, rough. Yeah, it yeah. was um, scattered, sort of. Um, mm. I don't. And I remember when I did maths for the uh, in form two. Mm. 
I'd already done all that maths at Fitzroy High in Form 1. Mm. Right. And the maths teacher, I felt sorry for her because she thought, oh, this is a star pupil I've got here. <laughs> <laughs> and I really did not like maths. Yeah. So she, I think she was disappointed that I didn't pursue maths later on. But oh, no, I wasn't oh, into maths oh, or science. So, so, so what were your subjects in the, your final year, year 12? Year 12 was uh, art theory, uh, practical art, politics, geography. Um, what else? Oh, uh, no, not physics and chemistry, obviously. No, no, no. no. Maths, um, MSB, no, no. English, no. because that's compulsory. Yeah, uh, French or German. Oh, no. I Indonesian? No, no nothing. Nothing like that. No. No, you didn't do a language? No, no only uh, Form 4 I did Italian for a little bit. Right. So how, yeah. how's your sporting career going? Oh, I don't do any sports. No, but, but when you were at high school, did you do continue? or? I did, actually. Um, I remember when I did VCE, we had the Athletics Day. Um, that was for the northern schools, I think. Mm-hmm. And I... I got um, six first ribbons, blue oh. ribbons, for in one day. Whoa. <laughs> Can you remember what events? Uh, yes, I think. Uh, yeah. The 100 metres, 200 metres, the 400 metres, the 1500 metres, the 800 metres, and I think... Uh, Long jump? It'd have to be a relay, surely. Uh, no. No, I don't Not think really. Adele's one of those type of people who <laughs> works cooperatively with other people. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, in the sporting field, you're a hero. Well, well I did basketball, Yeah. yeah. so that's, that's a it. team sort of effort. Yeah, but that was after I left school. And you I still got those little blue ribbons somewhere? I do. That's yes. good. Keep them. Keep them. But I remember when I was in Form 1 at Fitzroy High, I, we had a 800 metres and a 1500 metres in one day, and I beat the boys and the girls. Nice one. Both of them? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Down at the track in Heidelberg, and ah. Heidelberg Road, we went there. Ah. For that. Well, that's good. It shows that good, strong, sturdy country upbringing. That's right. <laughs> Never yes. left you. Exactly. So when you finished Year 12, yes. what, what was the future for you? Did you do all right or...? I did okay. Uh, art was the main subject that I excelled mm-hmm. in, in terms mm-hmm. of getting a good mark. Politics, well, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, geography, sort of not very... Mm-hmm. So what could you do with what? Well, at that time I remember going off to sit a, um, a test to in, in order to try and get into a journalism course, which I think was at RMIT at the time it was being mm-hmm. run. But, of course, being so young, I didn't... I couldn't answer most of the questions. questions it, was, no. yep. it was too ambitious. Uh-huh. After that, I thought I'll take a year off and work, and that's what I did after this. You took this. a year off to work? Yeah. And what did you do? I worked six months in a factory. Mm-hmm. Doing mailing, what? Mailing. Mailing, right. Actually, that was in Collingwood, Polk Mailing House. I remember that factory. Yeah, yeah. I worked there for six months, and yeah. then after that, uh, I went and worked at Northlands in a donut shop as a kitchen hand. Right, in a small shop with mm. another woman. She mm. was very nice. But mm. Should we eat donuts? No, definitely <laughs> not. No. <laughs> Terrible things to eat. <laughs> Terrible things, right. Did you smell of donuts? Like, yes, like every night. Sick. And we wore a uniform, so when yeah. I got home straight away, I took that uniform off. off. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yes, like uh, the smell. Know. It was artificial. Your siblings smell of tomatoes and you smell <laughs> donuts. <laughs> I'd prefer the tomatoes. <laughs> right. All right. Well, this is, doesn't seem to be an auspicious beginning to a 
career for a young woman. So what happens mm. after this year, gap year? Obviously, you didn't have rich parents who would give you money to go over to Europe and enjoy yourself. Well, no. Well, no. My father, he was out of the picture at that time. Right. He'd, he'd sort of moved on in life. and mm. So it was just my mother and, mm. and me. I think my mm. brother and sister were living together in the reservoir mm. at that time. Then I, because before taking the year off, I actually applied for Urban Studies Town Planning course at uh, Victoria University in Footscray. So I deferred that for that year, and I went and started that the following year. Right. Mm. What was that course? Did you finish the course? Almost, until Almost. I, was, I was stopped uh, by the Urban Studies people, or lecturers, at mm. the um, halfway mark of third year, because... Um, I think it was to do with my political views. Excuse me? Yeah, because what happened political was views. we what? were set an essay. You were set an essay, uh-huh. right? With three different mm. viewpoints. And what was, what was the essay? It was, I think, to do with housing and compulsory acquisition of land. Oh, right, yep, yep, yep. And I wrote that essay from a leftist perspective, like mm. supporting individuals. Like and you have a right to do as a student. Yeah. yeah. And next thing, no, we can't... That's illegal. Well, this was this was this, a long time yeah, ago. This was in the early Dale, you're just a yeah. No, no, no. It's not illegal. Three years younger than me. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing was yeah. um, another issue that they had a problem with was, was um, I was going to write a a report on the Aboriginals who accessed the services within Collingwood because mm. there were about five. There was the gymnasium and yep. there was mm. the. Mm. 3CR here and um, mm. what else, the YMCA for the Aboriginal. It was five at the health service mm. and there was another one, I forget what that was. And I had this idea because the, the topic was meant to be either political, social or economically based. So mm. I thought, well, I'll do it from a social perspective and I'll look at why there's a lot of Aboriginals who come to the Collingwood area to use mm. the facilities here. So mm. I had I planned all this stuff of interviewing a lot of Aboriginal people, where they come from, what part of Australia, why they're using the services. Mm. Is it because there's not you know, a lack mm. of services where they live mm. and so forth? And I had all this mapped out and I submitted this to the department mm. or the head poncho there. And the answer was, how does this relate to town planning? What? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, it was, well, it's a social issue. It's to mm. do with people's lives. It's... Yeah, everything to do with town planning. Yeah, That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, you're a woman of her time. That's the problem. Well, so I where, don't know. Where, where, where I was all, stopped. Where did all these weird ideas come from? Uh, of this leftist perspective well, of this 3CR business and this this <laughs> Aboriginal business. You know, you're just a young woman. What? You're yeah. 19 or 20, aren't you? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is unusual. Where did it all come from? Well, I think from my mother and right. what she sort of. She had a lot of books in the house. Mm-hmm. She was a self-taught person. She didn't have a formal education. Right. She left school, I think, when she was 14. Um, and she just... But pro- even pro- she was just, you know, interested in a lot of subjects, even literature and politics, anthropology. So we had an array of books in the house all the time, and I'd look at these books and learn, and, and we had That's a lot terrible. of people visiting. And there was a lot of politics at that time around us, like mm. the um, Socialist Party and... What was going around on around your family? Yeah, like we were in contact with people that were sort of coming and going, and um, people involved in the um, uranium move, anti-uranium right, movement, yeah. and well, it was like that <coughs> in, the, in the Aboriginal it, rights. That's um, right. Yeah, it was big in those that's days. That's right. Fitzroy, Collingwood, um, Northcote. Yeah, it all yeah. was 
sort of together in one place and mm. and you could meet people that were of similar political persuasions and mm. Mm. I don't know, it's all whether or not it's disintegrated around here, I don't say so you here. kind of were marched out of Victoria University, were you? Well, no. What happened after they stopped me from going on to the last semester to complete the urban studies course, because mm. I was almost there, right. um, I was told, well, now, in order to finish off the course, you have to choose another subject. Mm. So I thought, okay. I had this thing about doing drama for a long time, and I w we did it at high school for a right. short period, which was great, but it was only for one semester because the drama teacher, she'd left, mm -hmm. because I really was going to do that for the VCE, but mm -hmm. unfortunately it wasn't being offered. So then I thought, well... Okay, I'll go down and check out what's happening with the drama people down, see what the lecturers like and if I like that style. And when I went downstairs to this room, they were putting on a play and the, I don't know, I'm not quite sure what the play was about, I can't remember, but the, the lecturer who took the drama unit was laughing. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Well, I, I couldn't see the humour in what he was seeing on the stage. I right, thought, well, that's, he's just putting, it's sort of like a put on, he's putting on an act. All right. Well, he's, a drama, he's a drama teacher. <laughs> but he wasn't meant to. <laughs> right. And then it just put me off. I thought, well, no, it's not going to uh, work. So, so, so what happened? So then I thought, well, hmm, okay, next step, maybe politics, go back to politics, because I've done that. And did you finish the degree? Well, I did. Uh, there was a, a lecturer who came from Indonesia. He'd been there for five years, over, living there. Mm -hmm. And I think he was lecturing at the University of Indonesia at the time. Right. He came over that same year when I was stopped for the following year to take the first year of that um, Indonesian politics. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll do the Indonesian politics, because I'd... Heard about Indonesia on and off for years, especially through my father, because he'd always gone about the Indonesian regime when we were much younger, when mm. the massacre occurred in the 60s. Yeah. So I, I always, always had this curiosity about Indonesia at the back of my head, thinking, well, maybe this might be interesting. Anyway, I, I enrolled in that and did that the following year. So it ended up being a five-year rather than a four-year. But you got your degree. Sorry, it was, that was the fourth year. Mm. <laughs> And then the following year, I continued on and did honours. So I ended up actually, instead of staying there for three years, I stayed there for five years at the Victoria mm. University. And how did you survive those five years? Well, I'll study. I'll study. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. study. There was no hex fees then, was there? No. No. Oh, actually. It just came uh, in. Just, did yeah, yeah, in the latter stages. Just yeah. came in. Look, it's 4.33. This it is. is Radical Australia. Cool. Uh, Adele. Yes. Can I discipline you? Yes. I look at the clock. Okay. You, you're the person we're interviewing. You don't worry about the time. Okay. We will string this interview as long as it takes all to right. find out all about you. All right. It's 4.33. This is Radical Australia. The Empress Dowager, Dale Bridge, is working her little heart out. Uh, and we're interviewing Adele O'Connor from Tipperary. No, from Brisbane. Brisbane, okay. <laughs> Brisbane-based oh. hospital. Oh, oh no! That's where I was born. Uh, you so, want to hear? You want to well, hear something really funny, no. ladies? Yes. Women. I was born at the Royal Brisbane Hospital in Hurston too. Oh, God. <laughs> we're triplets. <laughs> we're triplets. This is amazing. We are triplets, the three of us, all born at the Royal <laughs> Brisbane Hospital. <laughs> 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 Things you find out when you haven't got a gun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adele. 
we throw you out of the university. What do you do? What do I do? Um, hang on, I've got you to think. To, you need to earn a living <laughs> at some stage. You've done five well, years of old stuff. What, what You've I got your honours degree. I did, oh, yes, I, and I thought, well, I've read about Indonesia for so long and I, I've completed the three-day, three-night honours thesis. <laughs> 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 it's not a joke. It actually happened. <laughs> 15,000 words, three days, three Very nights, nice. with nice no sleep. Very nice. Very <laughs> Started nice. to hallucinate, yeah. but it, it works. We don't care of that. <laughs> we, know you're, we know you're brilliant, so, you know. You know you, you, you so I'm, I'm blowing my own trumpet here. <laughs> but you've got up a grade, you know. Yeah. You can do it. Um, right. so, so I thought, well, I've read about Indonesia, and I was fascinated by it, and the history and the contemporary stuff, so I thought, I'll go over to Indonesia. <laughs> I want to see like the place. Fair yeah, I want to see Indonesia and meet the people and mm-hmm. see what it's like, see if it reflects what's in the books. And I'd sort of built up a, a little bit of a romantic notion about the place, even though it was being run by a, a murderous person. Yes. <laughs> so this is after Sahara got Sukarno out. Yeah, Sahara the butcher. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. Sukarno he was he was a nationalist. Yeah, he was reasonable. Is it, he, Sorry, he was, I'll stop. No, he was interesting. He was a nationalist. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. there was lots there was of health care and lots of yeah, education. But, yeah, this yeah. is before, this is when the yeah. murderer came in and killed, you know, well, because they, oh, wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't become yeah. capitalists. Well, Sukarno, this was 30 years later. Have you heard this story about Sukarno? I've heard lots of stories about Sukarno. Now, I don't know if yeah. this is true. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, they said he was he's in Washington, right? Right. And the, the American government is trying to get Indonesia on side because they're getting too close to the Chinese. Yes. Mm. Right? Yeah. And Sukarno had a um, a liking for young women. Yes, you would agree. Yes, <laughs> right. And they and they um, and they uh, photo well. They did a video of him in bed with two young women oh. in Washington, right? Right. And they were trying to blackmail him. And, and he said, he said, show it. Yes. You'll show what a great man I am. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Disgusting. understand the culture. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It's true. Oh, no, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Pilger wrote an interesting thing about um, uh, the taking over of the. Apparently, the there was a, a young academic from, I think she was from the US, Cindy Adams at the mm. time, who wrote his, or helped him with his autobiography, and mm. she had to sort of keep him at bay for some, some time <laughs> before the. You know, the interview started, so right, she right. had a lot of trouble with him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yes. that there might be some merit in what you've just said. Yeah, but the I, two thought, women. I thought it was a brilliant. He said, mm. show it. Yeah, it was yeah. yeah. my reputation. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. well. <laughs> and what happened when you got to Indonesia? Well, what, what happened was I'd sort of made arrangements in advance as to where I was staying. So I stayed with a um, Chinese-Indonesian family in Jakarta, um, he was lecturing at, I think, the Catholic University, so it was a big thing to have a Westerner as a guest at the university, so I did that. I got terribly sick, though. I had the flu. I nearly died from it. It was, oh, and all the pollution. And I stayed there, and then I just started catching trains all the way down to Bali. So I stayed at the main cities along the way, Bandung, and mm. that was interesting, too. Another family I stayed with there, they were Muslim middle class, um, they were very much involved with the uh, journalist association at the time and a lot of the friends around their family were, there was one journalist in particular, I think he was rounded up by the Sato regime after I'd left, so mm. one of the disappeared. So it was still going on, I mean, it wasn't just in the 60s, it was still going on in the 1990s. Mm. They were being crushed. Um, and on to Jogjakarta and I stayed there with, a, I think, a Catholic... 
very poor family. That was a different experience again. So my experiences for that first trip in Indonesia were largely determined by the families I stayed with right. and where they were at in their lives and, mm. you know, how they were treated. Like you had the Chinese middle class and they were sort of a part of the minority groups and, and then the middle class uh, Muslims, more educated. And mm. So how long were you there for? That first trip, oh, uh, goodness, I'm not sure, to be honest, maybe... What, five months, six months? No, less. Less. Two months. Two months, yeah. And then on to Bali, which was the worst experience out of mm. all of... What where was, I was Well, it was a bit like... I suffered a little bit of culture shock. I'd been on the island of Java, and they were very polite and kept a lot of... There was a lot of suppression. You could mm. feel it. There was tension in the air, and everyone was putting on a, f- uh, a brave face, pretending that everything was okay and so forth. Got to Bali and the Balinese were just very different, very out there and I, I just couldn't, I didn't adjust to, to Bali much. And then you had the tourists from Australia who were really taking advantage of the local Balinese with bargaining them down for every cent and I just thought it's not, I just didn't get the sense that it was... Mm. A nice place to be. A lot of underhanded stuff going on. Mm. Exploitation, I'd say, was the mm. main thing of the local Balinese. Mm. So you said you went back a second time? Well, to Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, all up, I've been to Indonesia seven times over the years. Seven times? Yeah. Why have you been to Indonesia seven times? Well, the first one I went, the first time I went was because I just wanted to see Indonesia, mm. and, and the other times were study related. Right. Yeah. What type of study? Uh, well, after the, I did the, uh, I attended to do a masters, but I hadn't enrolled officially in a masters program before going over, which was a bit silly looking <laughs> back. <laughs> so I ended up there in 1997, which was just prior to the uh, election of mm. that year, and I um, was going to write a, uh, a biography-based masters on. Abdurrahman Wahid, who was the leader of the Nadatul Alama, the largest Islamic organisation in Indonesia. I think at the time it was 30 million members. And because I'd done, I'd write the um, honours thesis on that organisation mm-hmm. and was questioning why he reverted back, reverted the organisation back to, from being a political organisation back to its original roots, which was just a social organisation. It was his way of protesting against Suharto. So, but I'd met him prior to that at La Trobe University when he came out for a human rights conference. That was in 1995. And, I, and then he came back in 1996 to, I think, either Monash or Deakin University to give a few lectures. And he was one of the people who were talking out against the Suharto regime. But at the same time, he was very careful because he had to sort of be a friend to Suharto. It was a really strange relationship that he had acquired with Suharto and very tricky because at any stage he could have been thrown in jail. Mm. But I found out later that his organisation, the Nadatul Alama, actually went along with the massacres of the PKI, or just ordinary mm. innocent villages in, in the 60s. I figured too that it was a land grab, basically. Mm. It was to do with acquiring as much rural land and, and maintaining that because they were very much in the rural areas of Indonesia. So, again, to do with property, money, economics. It's a resource for each country. That's right. So it all revolves around that. Um, so I met up with him and ended up um, 
I ended up doing a bit of teaching at one of the Pasantrans in Jombang in eastern Java and that's where his mother sort of she taught there many years ago and then what happened was strangely enough strangely enough (laughs) instead of focusing on the topic and the reason why I was there initially I began to take concern for the students in the Pasantran and the way they were living and sleeping on concrete floors and coming from the west you know I wasn't aware of all this going on and just the feeling of complete suppression of the female students in particular. The boys at least had some outlet. They could play soccer on the field. But but they were so eager to learn, I could tell. They were just dying mm. to learn. All and right. What jail do you end up in? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Well, I got out of jail because <laughs> the headmaster at the Pasantran, he wanted my passport. Right. And I'd been told, Golden Rule, never give your passport over in your, if you're in a foreign country. Yeah. So I had this, and I, I virtually fled from the facility. <laughs> uh, I took off. So when was the last time you were in Indonesia? 2001. Wow. So would you call it a love affair or a, an addiction? Well, it's been an on-off sort of strange relationship with Indonesia because initially I was very caught up in the history and feeling sorry for the Indonesians that they were a product of colonialism, Mm. Dutch colonial, Mm. and also the fact that they were under the thumb of Suharto. And as time went on and as the years progressed, I learned more and more about why this had happened and the US involvement and Mm. the um, communist uh, argument. But I I was aware of that at high school because I had a very good uh, politics teacher and he Mm. taught us all about... Right. The proxy wars that America mm. has set up mm. like, with Nicaragua, the Sandinistas mm. and and what they do and trying to secure their resources and so mm. forth and domination. So you haven't been back since 2001. That's right. So what have you been doing for the last 16 years? Oh, filling in time. Filling in time. <laughs> I like that. Right, you've been courses here, courses there, courses. a bit of art courses uh-huh. scattered around and work uh-huh. for the doll programs. How work exciting, for the doll. Yeah. Tell us about the work for the doll programs you've been on. You know, here you are, you're such a well-educated well, person. And I've done eight work for the doll programs. Eight for the work, and have you yeah. learnt anything? No, no. <laughs> nothing, not one thing. Not one thing? No. You've learnt that it's a rot. Not even that. <laughs> no, that's putting it up on a pedestal of rock. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not it's, worse. it's worse than that. Now, as a graduate, tell us some of these wonderful jobs you've been doing for the Dale. Well, uh, the first, that first one, RMIT, that was actually under Keating, so 95 to 97. Mm-hmm. That was sort of, it was that transition period. It was train the trainer. Train the Do you remember train the trainer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the recession we had to have period. Yeah, yeah it was so interest it was like rates of 18%. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. So I was... I got kicked out of job club. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> I said, you're not trying to get a job smelling like that. Oh, right. <laughs> and you complained that Adele was no, put no, upon no. at Victoria University. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've been sacked also from a few work for the Dole programs. <laughs> And what was your best one? What's the most memorable? Well, that, the one at RMIT was okay because I could. Yeah. that's the only time I think that I got to use the brain a little bit right, right. because it was an interaction mm. with some students mm. that had come in and they were, mm. if they were a little bit worried about their theses and I'd 
done a little bit of academic stuff so I could help them, but it was sort of not. Yeah, tell us a about that. We don't want to hear about the okay. good stuff. Tell us the bad, the bad <laughs> one. Acting in two plays, plays that never were performed, so it was just workshops of being silly, all this yelling and all that stuff, you oh, know, right, right, right. trying yeah, to be yeah, a drama yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they must have known you, tr- you looked at the drama school at the Victoria University. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, no, I'm just um, joking. Yeah. A radio station. Radio at, station? That was in Darwin. I worked at a radio station for a little bit. Uh, what type of radio station was it? It was within the university there, so it was the university radio station. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but that, again, I'm thinking, well... Come on, give me some work. So nothing, nothing eventuated Just from these eight... clicking bo- buttons on the switchboard and... So nothing eventuated from any of these no. work for the doll. <laughs> uh, opportunity shop. Now, that's a big one for the work for the doll program. <laughs> Working in op shops, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a classic. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I got a little posse at the National Hellenic and Historical Society at La Trobe University for a Ooh. bit. That would have been interesting. Oh, that was really interesting. Yeah. You know what that was? Sitting right. in front of a computer and right. being given a book and yeah. then just typing out what's in the book. Right. And it ends up nowhere, what yeah. you type out. So you're just being made a You don't even of. save it. It's like digging a hole, filling the hole back in. That's exactly. right, yeah. Jeez, it's like a prison camp, yeah. isn't it? And another one was the general radio station out at, um, oh, I think, where is it? Um... Oh, somewhere in the northern suburbs. Right, right. Uh, that was okay. It was okay because <laughs> <laughs> in my spare time there, uh. having the access to Google, I started accessing the Indonesian Corruption Commission thinking, well, I'll, I'll just do some research here for a potential master's thesis. Right. And um, so I did all this stuff, learning about the Corruption Commission. It was just set up. That was set up in 2002 mm. under Megawati. And so that was something I was going to do at the time because I thought, God help me! I've got to get out of this work for the doll um, revolving door. Mm. It was just becoming hideous. And op- another opportunity shop down in Laylor. Um, mm. Oh, and the last one I did was out at some factory in uh, again up at the one of the northern Campbellfield. Mm-hmm. Now this was the worst. You walk in, it's a huge factory, and all these rags, I'm, I'm talking about rags that have come from all mm. the op shops or mm. from donations mm. that people have put in the big donation yep, bin. Yep. You sort it all out. There's like it's in a big assembly line and there's mm. blazing music going all day from the radio that they've got. Well, there are job opportunities. You understand that. You've just yeah, didn't take them Yeah, but what you're doing is you're packing you all the stuff into bags and you're just throwing these big pink bags over into a stack, a pile of bags. And I'm thinking, one match. That's all it would take, one match. <laughs> it wasn't you a few weeks ago, was it? No, no, but good, one match. Good. I mean, they're creating a fire hazard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. And it's cu- okay. and every day it's, it's getting right, bigger and bigger. Let's get a bit more positive. What have you done in the last year or two? Well, I decided to enrol in a PhD mm-hmm. and to look at the the leadership style of President Joko Widodo. Why? Why that? What, what? Well, you got any? Uh, why? Just sheer interest. Sheer interest. Yeah. So you've never had a real job? No, not really. You're nearly, what, 47? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? You've never had a real job. <laughs> Educated. Well, there's yeah. thousands, tens of thousands. Tried. I know there's thousands of people, tens of thousands, yeah. hundreds of thousands yeah, of Australians right. like, yeah. That's right. But it's what a waste. Whilst doing these work for the doll, you have to submit your... It started off 10 jobs per fortnight, and then mm. it's, they've increased it to 20. 20, yeah. So I've probably applied for about, I don't know... 800 to 1,000 jobs over the years. Just any, ordinary it, office jobs. Have had it, ever had any interviews? Mm, uh, I think once. <laughs> once? Once in a motel. Yep. For a motel position. And I think 
a second time was at a job agency mm. place in Lailor, and that was yeah. it. Is, is this because you kind of opinionated? I really don't know. You I don't can't know. answer that. No, could, that's, that's extraordinary. It might be. You're 46, from all 47, eight work for the Dale programs, academic yeah, qualifications, right. applied that's for 1,200 jobs. Yeah. No, it's not sad. <laughs> It's a tragedy, not for you. It's a tragedy for the country. For society, exactly. It is a, a tragedy. You've got, yeah. you've got a lot to give. Well, you know, what, what, unfortunately what you've got to give isn't something that the society values. You know? That's right. You know, and well, I'm, I'm in the same yeah. boat as you. you know? There's a lot, yeah. of fun, lot of things you can do, but this society does not value them. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like right. they don't value nursing. They don't mm-hmm. value teachers. You know, they don't value no, a lot of things. And they don't know. value bulk billing doctors. I tell you that now. <laughs> well, I do, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. That's well, good. The way I've trying to overcome the boredom of looking for work and just being mm. in this cycle of yeah. you know nothing happening is study. I've got four mm. degrees, and mm. I was doing a fifth one up at Darwin in fine arts, and then I shifted back to the mm. the. Uh, Politics and so, so, what type so this of, is the what type of political things you become involved in over the years? Well, in the eighties, we were sort of introduced to the Socialist Party. That was sort of I'm not sure if they were setting up, but mm-hmm. we had connections or friends to do with that. So it was that, and then my mother met a woman who came out from Namibia. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, and they were fighting for um, independence from South Africa at the time, because it was, there was a lot of the citizens were subjected to apartheid and um, mass killings, same same thing. So they came out, and they wanted, they were looking for international support to get that up right. and running. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was sort of like, and then my mother and sister did community development calls. So that was another influence. So. And we had friends involved, like I said earlier, in the um, Jabaluka and mm. things and, and, and lately, what type of things have you been involved in lately? Lately, well, I went to the Ban the Bomb protest, um, defend and extend public housing, went to the first, and I will go back to that, but the first um, meeting held on the steps of Parliament. I've joined the Pipsy Party, soon to be party, official. Yes, official, yep. And I've been attending the Wednesday dinners at the African... No, that, that was just very... So, Joe, it's all revolving around you and what you've... And also listening to 3CR since 1985. Ex- ex- excuse me, excuse me. Yes. You've been listening. Yes. You were born in 1970. You started listening to 3CR at 15. 15 85, yeah. Have we corrupted a young woman here? Has 3CR corrupted a young woman? That's why, Has, that's why you can't, you're unemployable. I should be more radical. Is that why you're unemployable? <laughs> well, I have signed a number of petitions over the years, and you don't know where those petitions end up with your signature and your right. ad- address. And um, so. so you started listening. Why would a 15-year-old start listening to 3CR? Well, because of what was going on at the time with all the, the conservative politics that was creeping in with, like, Kennett's... Mm-hmm. Being the premier, and the fact that the Labor Party has become more like the Liberal Party, and there's not much of a difference, and takeover of pri- you know the private sector taking over and mm. selling off the assets. So it's a combination that of things been, that has been going on over the years, and mm. got to the stage now where everything you were saying back then has actually come to fruition. Mm. Oh, excuse it's just me. become more and more. You're not obvious. <laughs> you've been listening to the anarchist world. This week, since you were 15. Yes. Oops. <laughs> Oops. 
Well, so I'm, going to jail. Right. I'm going to jail for this. <laughs> Corrupting young people. <laughs> Socrates, God. And I'm not going to take him long. Well, I'm telling you, I'm not, res- I'm not responsible for your radical you're attitude. You're not. Fantastic that you've contributed you, to the Lincoln You have monitored been a great educator of, of these issues. Well, thank you. Yeah, and, well, and the thing is, too, if you look at, at the ABC in terms of the television, the SBS, uh, I've noticed a decline in the political programs. They, like they used to show a lot more in the 80s, mm-hmm. very interesting documents, and mm-hmm. now it's just on... Doo, doo, doo. And I've noticed of late, the majority of um, news reports, they're getting from Al Jazeera now, and that... It's becoming, all of this is, has gone from the local to the national to the international. What's, yeah. what's going on is mm. becoming more and more. And the money involved, uh, uh, it's just astronomical, mm. you know, Have you got any, the differences. Um, with thoughts about your future? My personal future mm. or for the... No, you personally and then generally. Um, at this stage, just finishing off this PhD and perhaps... Doing something, I, I really would like a proper job, to be honest. That's where mm. I'm at. I, mm. I'm doing this hoping that maybe it will lead to something. In terms of which areas or what, and also travel, I love to travel. And I'd love to do some humanitarian work somewhere. I've got this idea of going to Africa one day and maybe mm. doing just to experience that, to have something that's where you're engaging instead of just reading about Right. Yeah, that makes a lot inequalities of sense. in books. Well, you're relatively young. You'll get there. That's You'll right. There. So I want that transformation mm. to occur pretty mm. soon because, you know, life mm. goes before us very mm. quickly. Mm. Mm. Do you feel hope, hopeful about the future? Uh, I'm not. I am. For, I have a strong positive sense with other people because there's, there's more. I feel there's more good people in the world than bad. There's only a small but. The bad people who can, you know, are into corruption or hurting others purposely, are, are, they can really have an impact on a large number of people. So it's up to people in general, the majority, to... It's a fight, basically. Mm, we have to fight is. back. That's yeah. what it's about, fighting and defending mm. our rights and, and liberties. And then, um, yeah, just... The thing that disturbs me the most and the... the issue that I have the most negativity about is the nuclear stuff, the bombs, the missiles. And we were studying that at high school. Again, the teacher was very good at sort of talking about those issues. And it's just become ridiculous. The amount of missiles that are just sitting out there in the world, all over the the globe, waiting to go off at any minute, it's just Mm. sick. It's sick Mm. that we've got to this stage. Mm. And in that respect, I'm a bit cynical that all it's going to take is one button to be pressed and that's it well Adele it's been a pleasure talking to you I'd like to apologise on behalf of uh, all the previous Australian governments <laughs> I think I think, I think, think it's a waste that you haven't been employed during this I period know, well, it is a great waste, you have a lot to contribute to society, you, I mean, I'm meaning this seriously, yeah. and your story is not unusual, there's a lot of people who are well educated, yeah. willing to work, just can't get any work it, yeah, it, it, it's, right. it's a tragedy it really is, yeah. but uh, Thank you for coming. Thank you Thank for sharing you. your life and uh, all the best for the future. And I'm sure you'll do well. Thank you very much. Thank Jim. you, Dale. Thanks, Dale. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody
guy's lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows the captain lied. Everybody got this broken feeling. Like their father or their dog just died. Everybody talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rose. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that's how it goes.